My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. And we are live with The Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I have a great show lined up for you. Today, we're going to be talking about the leaving characterology or the schizoid character, um, which we've talked about a little bit in the last two episodes of the show. Um, But today, I really want to go into it in detail, okay? I want to talk to you about, you know, what the schizoid uh, is like, how you know if this is your character structure, um, how to how to tell whether or not this is, um, uh, you know, this is, is your particular wounding, and if so, what to do about it, okay? So welcome to the show. My name is Dominique Drew. This is The Art of Attraction. I'm coming to you live on Facebook Live. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, John. Hi, Noah. How are you guys doing? Um, and so uh, this is The Art of Attraction. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, then you'll know that Um, For the most part, I really focus on helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And uh, if you're a really solid listener of the show, then you'll notice that over the last, uh, you know, few weeks or months, last few episodes, I've really been, uh, you know, shifting my focus a little bit to be more general. Of course, my work has never been about dating tips and tricks. It's never really been about um, men in particular. That's just where I focus the work. That's my niche, right? Those are the people that I help. Um, but the work itself can be done in any single area of your life. You're not successful enough. You're having a hard time bringing in money. You're uh, anxious. You're depressed. You're um, you have social anxiety. You have you know fear in life, and you don't know why. You get stuck in life, and you don't know why. Um, you get rejected. Um, people don't seem to like you and you can't seem to figure out why. Um, These all have, if you can believe it, the same underlying cause, which is that on some level, you are holding yourself back from what you want, okay? There is some belief that you are carrying. And I don't mean a belief like, oh, a thought, or I sure do believe in God, or I sure do, you know, believe... uh, you know, that that climate change is real, you know, like those aren't beliefs, okay? The, the latter is a fact and the former is something you sort of say. It's more like a thought, right? When you really believe something, it's not something you use that word with. Like, I don't believe, you know, I wouldn't say I believe in the chair that I'm sitting on right now, right? That wouldn't make any sense because we can all see the chair, so I've studied for, you know, 15 years in this work and, and four of that was dedicated specifically to energy healing. Um, so when people say they believe in energy, what they're saying is they have faith that it's there, but they've never seen it, right? Or they've never felt it intangibly such that they know that it can exist because that's really what we, um, 
what we, the, the way that we know things exist, right, is by feeling it with our five senses. So I've felt energy for so long. I've restructured chakras and I've gone into past lives and I've, I've seen, I've seen the energy. I can, I can watch it between people, right? I do that, you know, I'll go out in a restaurant or a cafe or something. And, you know, I'm sitting there having my coffee and I can see if people are having an exchange next to me, I can see the energy dynamics. So to me, the, the act of saying you believe in energy is like a little bit silly. It's like saying you believe in this chair. I'm like, well, I can point to it. So I don't need to say that I believe in it, right? Um, and so when you really truly believe something, it's not easily contradicted, right? It's, you know, well, Domini, you're not sitting on a chair. Huh. Well, my legs are bent at a 90 degree angle and I'm being held up from the ground. And I'm not doing that with muscle strength. And there appears to be a chair underneath me. So you're going to have a hard time convincing me of that, right? Makes sense. Because that's something I really believe, right? Now, if you believe that you're not good enough, and I were just to say, yes, you are, sweetheart, that wouldn't change your belief. You've decided, you know for a fact that you are not good enough, okay? That's something that you know to be true. Is it accurate? No, not in the slightest. But that's not the point, okay? The point is that you, um, that you know it to be true. You've decided it to be true. And that, and this is the crux of the whole thing, that is what makes it true. Okay? So if you, um, if you say that, um, you know, or if you know for a fact that you're not good enough, someone comes along and contradicts you, that's not going to do anything. Okay? Which is why I don't tend to contradict my clients. Right? Um, I'll tend to ask a question. Right? So if a client comes to me and is just like, no woman wants me, I'm unlovable. Okay, I'm unlovable is a belief. And I recognize that when they say it, but I don't say, yes, you are. You're incredibly lovable because they won't believe me. That's not their reality. Okay, what I do is I point out how their belief creates that reality. That's the crux of the whole thing, right? That is the, the point of it. That's the the piece that, that, that doesn't seem to be the case, right? Of a client right now who's saying I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless in dating, right? There's nothing I can do. Uh, you know, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond this. I can't even, you know, the coaching's not even going to work. And I go, okay, well, what's happening is, and we, we found underlying belief in this, um, in this client that he felt like he's not good enough. So what he's doing is he's seeing his past experiences, his dating experiences, and drawing the conclusion that he's not good enough. That's the way it looks, right? Well, obviously I'm not good enough because look at all these women and what they've said to me and what, how they've treated me. And so I must not be good enough. The bitch of it is, and it is a bitch because it's, uh, there's, it's frustrating that um, that it's that it's backwards, right? But the reality is you believe you're not good enough. You then subconsciously project that to the world and they behave accordingly, showing you that you are in fact not good enough, okay? So the world is mirroring back to you what you already believe. The bitch of it is you don't know that you believe that. So you think that the world's just treating you the way the world's treating you and that must be reality. Okay, but this is much more, your life experience is much more malleable than you think. Okay, it's not stagnant. It's actually something you can influence profoundly. I don't just mean, oh, you can decide to be happy or think positively and then like things will be better. That is not what I'm talking about here, kids. 
I am talking about a much deeper change and then literally a reality shifting, okay? Otherwise, I wouldn't bother doing this. I'm not in the business of making people feel better. You know, I'm not, it's not, it doesn't really matter to me that much. It may sound a little callous, but that's not my priority. I don't really care that much how you feel. I do in the sense of I'm interested to know what it is that you're creating, but my agenda is not to have you feel better, right? Ultimately, of course, you will feel better. But for me to go straight for, I want you to feel better, that's going to be putting a Band-Aid on the situation, okay? That's going to be treating a symptom. Oh, you don't feel, oh, you don't feel good about yourself. Oh, here, let me, I'm just going to tell you you're wonderful until you feel better. That's great. Then you're going to leave a session with me. You're going to go home and either five minutes or a day later or a week later, you're going to go back to, boy, am I not good enough? Because I didn't change your mind. I didn't change your body and your spirit and your energy in that I just made you smile. That's not my job. I don't care if you're smiling or not. I care that you're seeing, that you're standing in your power and you're seeing who you are and you're knowing that what you are believing is intricately influencing what you are uh, seeing in your life. Okay? So... I want to see, I want to show you how you're creating your, your own reality. That's what I'm really passionate about. And so in that, um, I've studied this work. I've studied this work for a decade and a half, a little bit more than that now, um, 17 years, I think, at this point. And I've done that really intensively because um, I see how effective it is. I'm not into, um, again, making you feel better or, um, you know, sort of helping the problem or, you know, adjusting your thinking. And, you know, that's, that's, is, isn't that interesting, right? Or you read a self-help book and you feel better about yourself or you learn some interesting information, but nothing in your life really changes, okay? This is about um, really changing your life, okay? Not giving you ways to cope with the way it is or, oh, you're always going to have, um, you know, anxiety to some extent. Um, but we'll just make it better. It's like, no, no, let's solve the actual problem. Let's find it. Let's go very deep in. And it is very deep in, uh, you know, further, further down than I think most people want to go. Um, but if you're willing to, then the results are incredibly powerful and they are permanent. Okay. So I told you today that I wanted to work with you, um, talk with you about the leaving personality. So I'm just pulling this up in my book here. Um, this is, and I'm going to pull in a few different uh, resources here, but I'm going to come back to the five personality patterns by Stephen Kessler. And this is a great book. This man writes down exactly what I teach, <laughs> like to the T. Um, I read the first like hundred pages and there were two things in there that I disagreed with. Um, one, I think he was incorrect. And one, um, was just something I had a different opinion on. But like, other than that, every single thing, like if I'd written a book, this would pretty much be it. So he talks about patterns. He talks about personality patterns. Um, and what he gets is, so depending on when your wounding happened, right? Whether it's incredibly early, right? Like, um, at birth or even before birth, if your mother had a traumatic pregnancy, it can happen then. Um, uh, then that's that's what we're that's where we're starting with today. Is that's the leaving personality. Now, I've always heard this called the schizoid 
uh, character structure. Um, and he calls it the leaving pattern. It's the exact same thing. So that's fine. So let's start with the leaving pattern. So there's a, there are certain body shapes. There are certain... He goes into a lot of detail about these. This is great. Um, so, so the phrase underneath the, the chapter here of the living pattern says, this place scares me. I want to go home. <laughs> and that is, I'm laughing because that is the core statement of the uh, schizoid character. Okay. Um, he says, like all the survival patterns, the leaving pattern is a way to buffer the self from feelings of overwhelm. It's a holding pattern conditioned into the body by trauma, which creates a particular habit of attention, right? So the, so this is a defense structure, the leaving pattern, right? Um, which means, you know, when you feel threatened, and this doesn't mean somebody's coming at you with a knife, okay? Although, you know, that, that would certainly do it. It's like you start feeling uncomfortable, Okay, somebody joins the party that you don't enjoy. What's your natural reaction? Okay, do you kind of get in their face and get a little aggressive? Do you pretend everything's fine? Do you try and get the hell out of there? Um, and this is very common. People want to leave. Okay, so what they're doing is they're leaving their body energetically, but sometimes they'll just like get up on their feet and, and walk out, right? So... The, and here we go. I told you I could have written this book. So the survival strategy employed here is to move away from whatever is frightening or potentially frightening, right? This is done by shifting attention upward into the head, okay? So you'll tend to be an overthinker, an overanalyzer, away from the body, and even away from the physical world into the spiritual world, a shift commonly called dissociation, okay? This allows this person to live in her head, maintain a strong connection to the spiritual world, be highly creative and be unusually sensitive and aware of energetic phenomena, but it leaves the physical body weakened and less able to protect itself, okay? So essentially, it's the flight response, right? It's, um, okay, what do you, um, you know, you're, you're, you're running, you're leaving. Um, something is scary and you're like, hell, I'm out of here. And because it happened so early, um, the, the intention of that phase of life is to really experience embodiment. You're coming into being human. You're deciding to be here, right? If that gets fucked up, right? Your mother had a traumatic pregnancy or she was doing drugs or she um, was in a, a difficult relationship or a difficult home situation or she didn't want to be pregnant or she was sick. doesn't mean she's a bad mother, right? But like any sort of trauma that can happen during that time, whether it happens once or more often it's repeated, that will lead to this character structure. Okay. Um, one woman who does this pattern describes her experience this way. I get tired of being overwhelmed all the time. Why can't I be like these people who handle three children and nothing seems to really phase them that much? And me, I'm like the princess and the pea. There's the sensitivity there, right? One little thing and I'm feeling like I'm overwhelmed and I can't handle this. So the reason she's feeling that way is because she's not fully in her body. Okay, she's not really here. She's not committed to being here. She's not grounded. We're going to come back to this. When I dissociate, she says, my eyes just glaze over and I go into this place of imagination and not a lot registers around me when I do this. That's the experience of not really being energetically in your body. I'm not really here, so I don't feel people coming into my space. Going away is a way of getting refuge. It's safe everywhere else, but here. Here is not safe. 
A lot of times I feel like a squirrel up in the top of a tree. And I'm safe up here, but down on the ground, there are dogs and cats and cars and humans, and it's pretty risky. And I need to remind myself that I'm not that squirrel. I'm actually a human being that can be down on the ground and be safe. There's the, that's um, a glimpse into the healing response, okay? Coming down and feeling safe. That's the way out of the leaving defense. I don't always have to climb up this tree and hide up here at the top, and I can be safe down there as long as I'm not in my squirrel body, as long as I'm in my human body. But I keep perceiving myself as the squirrel, which is small and vulnerable and not seen clearly, and I don't feel confident because I don't know what's going on. Okay. So let's talk about this a little bit, and we'll go into this in in a little bit more detail in just a a few minutes here. the instinct is to run away, right? Which in this sense is up, okay? As a result, their bodies tend to be very tall and willowy. They have, they're like those people who are like kind of ethereal, right? They're like not quite there, almost have like a spiritual or a magical quality about them sometimes. And they'll be really, um, they'll be really, uh, they'll be really comfortable there. They tend to be highly intelligent because their focus is always um, is is up. They're in their head. Um, very creative, as he said earlier. Um, and they'll have a strong spiritual connection, right? So they'll um, so they'll they'll be they'll be very comfortable there, right? With intuition and with um, spiritual phenomenon or tarot or things like that. They're they're comfortable in that world. A lot of people aren't. Right, um, and that's because they 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 have the 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 habit of going up and spending time there, right? So the fear is to sends you up and out of your body. The, the again, the bitch of it is that the what helps you feel safe enough to be in your body is coming back down. So in those moments when everything feels like it's telling you to go up, go up, go up, get out of here, actually coming down is what helps you feel safe. Okay. When you're here on the ground, you realize that you're safe. Whatever you think is happening is not happening or whatever, you know, and by that, I don't don't mean that like, let's say you run out of your body because an argument breaks out with your family. It's not that they're not arguing. It's that, but, but an argument's not something you need to defend yourself from, right? You believe you do because you think it's too much. And when you come down, you realize, oh, it's just an argument. They're just words. You know, I actually am safe in this situation, right? And so they tend to be, yeah, they're curious and they're fun and they're gentle and there's this joyful playfulness. Um, that kind of thing is, is easily accessible for them. Um, they tend to be visionaries, right? They're very talented, he says here, at seeing the big picture and all of its parts, although they tend not to focus on the details. So you can see how what we sort of think of is like, oh, this is just who I am. You know, and in a way it is. Um, but there's also this, um, you know, it, it's, it's because you've run your energy this way for so long or you've run your, you know, uh, you know, psychologically you've been this way for so long. So, so, so let's talk a little bit more about how this forms, okay? So to facilitate the embodiment of the incoming spirit, he says, the ideal mother also provides grounding for it. This means that she provides an energetic and emotional connection from her own body to the earth and to the earth plane. Her baby connects to her body through and through her, the baby feels a connection to the earth. So 
if your mother had a schizoid uh, uh, character and was not grounded in herself, this could even be something that would cause that in you, right? Meaning that um, she believes, right, that the world is not safe. And you can feel that when you're in the womb. And so, boom, you've learned that life isn't safe, okay? She may not even know that she believes that. But again, this is the character structure, right? Um, This helps give the incoming spirit the feeling that the earth plane is friendly toward it, making it much easier for the incoming spirit to feel safe enough to claim the new body as its own. So again, this is just about feeling safe, okay? And that is the ideal situation. Ideally, the mother shows you how exactly to be um, in the world, how to be safe, how to be present, that the world is safe. But if your mother doesn't believe that the world is safe, then it'll be difficult for the baby to believe that the world is safe. Okay? So, So what happens if mom is herself disconnected from her own body or from the earth? And so many people are, right? When the newly focused awareness of the incoming spirit does not have enough support to keep itself together, or when it gets hit by energies that shock it, it shatters into fragments. This is extremely distressing distressing to the incoming spirit, especially since it has very little ability at this point to reassemble itself. So you're brand new, right? It's like an emotional trauma for a baby. It's like, well, hold on, I just got these emotions. I don't really know how they work yet. It's a lot to expect that they're going to have, you know, profound uh, emotional maturity, right? And the fragments, uh, let's see, let's see. For those caught in the leaving pattern, the fragmentation was typically so bad that they have never been able to retrieve all of their fragments and reassemble themselves completely. But they have to get through life as best they can, even though parts of their attention remain scattered in other dimensions. So that's interesting. I actually didn't know that. Um, But that does actually fit with my experience. The uh, the schizoid character is, it does, it tends to fragment, it tends to shatter, it tends to um, twist up and out, and the desire is to, is to leave, to escape, right? Um, and this can happen on pretty deep levels, right? It's not just emotionally, it's not just psychologically. You may notice, by the way, my, <laughs> and if you stay with me, I'm going to, I'm going to do this in a five um, episode series of each of these leaving pat, uh, excuse me, each of these character structures, survival patterns, and I'm going to go through each one. Notice, if you are um, ready to go to that next level, that my speech and how I present the work will mirror whatever it is that I'm um, speaking about. So you'll notice that I, I keep losing my train of thought today. <laughs> I, just, I just realized that, just became aware of that. Um, I keep moving my microphone. I keep, um, you know, and, and I'm reading about being shattered. So in a way, I will download that template a little bit. This used to happen at school too. We would do, you know, energy healing school for four years and it was incredibly intensive. And each week would study one character structure. There were five. And so, and each week, before you even got there, right? um, For months before, you would start acting you know, like you're, you, you would start acting like these characters, even if it wasn't your main character structure, because the intention of the school, which was incredibly powerful, was to draw up the parts of yourself that you're holding on to that matched that character structure. So if you don't have a whole lot of leaving, then leaving week wouldn't have been that bad for you. 
but you'll still get skitzy. Here I am feeling the template of what I'm talking about, right? And so just notice this, this is sort of the next level. Look at it in a, in a meta type of way. Okay, here I am. I've worked through a lot of my, my schizoid stuff. It's going to be a little bit in there somewhere, I imagine. And, you know, every once in a while I'll leave. That's okay. It's not, it's not about never doing a thing. It's about being aware when you're doing the thing, right? Um, and so here you, you can notice that I'm, that I'm embodying that. Okay. Being shattered is terrifying. When the self fragments, the felt sense is that there is no there, there. And the person may find herself floating in a black, empty void, unable to find any point of reference. Without the body as a reference point from which to begin the process of recollecting and reassembling itself, the self may stay fragmented, floating, and terrified for a long time. This vulnerability is why people who do this survival pattern want to spend a lot of time alone in environments of low stimulation. They are protecting themselves from shocks to, our, to their system and giving themselves time to recover from the shocks that do occur. This is the core wound of the child who develops the leaving pattern. At the very beginning of her existence as a separate consciousness, her attention was shattered so badly that she has not been able to assemble a unified, integrated self and anchor it firmly in the body. Even as an adult, parts of her attention may remain lost. Of all the survival patterns, the wounding that creates this pattern is the most difficult for the rest of us to observe from our visual viewing point in the physical world. Why? Because it's not something that happens to the infant's physical body, but only to the awareness of the incoming spirit. So in some ways, if this, if you're like, yeah, you know, this behavior um, resonates with me, like I've definitely done that, but the wounding really doesn't, these things aren't conscious, y'all. You know, none of them are. Even the ones that are, um, that are uh, patterns later in life. Right, I just left again. You see that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, do do do. Look at the mountain view. <laughs> so you can see there's the there's a the scatter. Oh, now I'm connected to the mountain view instead of connected to the to the flow of speaking that was happening before. So again, just we're just watching it, right? Huh, this is interesting. Okay. So to try to protect itself. So this is the defensive action here, okay? To try to protect itself from further shattering, the incoming spirit learns to flee at the first sign of trouble, which of course is the shattering, right? Each time it becomes frightened, it leaves. <laughs> Phil goes squirrel on the Facebook Live. <laughs> it's exactly right. People who are squirrel-like, okay? This is this defensive pattern. And also, I think a massive overuse of electronics early uh, in life, I think that leads to um, to that sort of ADD mentality as well. Um, this weakens its connection. So it, it flees from the body and goes back to the safety of the spiritual world. This weakens its connection with the body and strengthens its connection with the spirit world at the time when just the opposite should be happening. It should be strengthening its connection with the body and shifting its sense of home from the spirit world into the physical world and the physical body. It should be learning to reference the body as home and the place of safety and nurturance. Instead, the incoming spirit learns that the physical world is not safe or caring and that its best defense is to immediately leave any upsetting situations. 
right? As the person uses the strategy over and over, it becomes self-reinforcing and gradually grows into the leaving pattern. So the interesting thing is that the energy world works the same way as like our psyche or the physical world does, right? With our, um, with our, um, with our neural pathways, right? So if you, um, you know, you tend to give up easily, then that's the pathway that you will reinforce, okay? And it will lead to a weakness in your system and I can't handle it, right? If you tend to move toward discomfort and be like, all right, this is gonna be tough, but I'm gonna like handle it and then I'm gonna grow through it, then you strengthen your container and you can handle more and more. These people have no container, right? It's, um, it's not, it's not strengthened because repeatedly they are weakening it, right? Every time they are deciding that they are, um, that they, that they can't handle it, that, that they're afraid. And so that sends the message to themselves, to their body, to the world, that they in fact can't handle it. And that becomes more and more true by the fact that moving forward, they can handle it less and less. See what I mean? So there's a way in which, yes, you're forming the habit. And by forming the habit, you're forming the reality. You're like, and then you come to me, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years later and say, no, no, no I definitely can't handle things. Look at all this evidence that I have gathered. And I go, oh, I know it really looks that way. And isn't this interesting? Didn't we just start the episode with how we create our own reality? Right? So first there's this, um, first there's this uh, habit form. There's the belief. Oh, I can't, this is too much. I can't handle it. I'm scared. And so then off you go. And then that strengthens, which means it's easier to do that next time than to push through. And so a rut forms, there's your neural pathway and you formed a habit. So this is on the psychological level, right? And the mental level and uh, the physical level. Your body tends to also get quite weak because you're not staying there and enforcing and making it stronger in the moment. So let's look at the body. Since the flow of energy in the body helps shape the body as it grows, the, this person's failure to fully inhabit the body actually deprives the body of the energy it needs to become robust, leaving it weaker than it would otherwise be. So that's exactly what I was just saying. I love this. I love pulling up this book and being like, let's see what's, oh, I just said that. Okay, great. <laughs> the body of someone with, uh, so, excuse me, it may be wiry, the person who holds this character structure's body, but it would rarely be called muscular. The wrists and ankles are often weak and thin. The body of someone with this structure tends to be slender, especially if their other pattern also tends to create a slender body. To the extent that life energy has been blocked or withdrawn from certain parts of the body, the person will have less physical sensation there. Since the defensive action of this pattern is to move up to the head and exit the body from there, their life energy is strongest in the head and weaker farther down in the body, becoming weakest in the feet. The extra energy built up in the head may create headaches, while the hands and feet are often cold, reflecting the decreased blood flow and life energy available to them. So you can see all of these things are connected, right? We started this with attention. Your attention gets shattered. Well, in the beginning, that's kind of all you are is attention, right? You don't have a physical body yet. You're forming that. So that's why at this point, this is where the wounding happens, right? 
And then you form uh, a mental structure and you form a psyche and you form a physical body and you form emotionals and do, 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 do. And, um, and so all of that reflects in your physical body. That's why if I wanted to run my coaching practice toward, let's say, weight loss, right? or body image issues, I could turn around, I could change a few words in my online course and I could market it to weight loss because what's contributing to your lack of being able to lose weight is this energy structure. Everybody I work with, the people who who take this seriously and do the work, they, they experience massive, massive shifts. Okay, I have clients who have called themselves a robot when they first came to me and were just wrapped in rage and self-loathing. And, and now, you know, we make jokes about this man being a Care Bear, right? And that was within, you know, it's been a minute now, but, you know, that we started making those jokes within about probably two months. And his physical body has changed. You know, it's smoothed out. It's less um, armored because he doesn't feel he needs to defend himself anymore. He smiles more. His face is more open and approachable. And guess what? Women are approaching him. So you can see here, right? Like it doesn't matter where I I focus this work. And ultimately, I think I will probably keep it quite uh, general and say, okay, what problem do you want to solve? This is what is solving. This is what is causing it, Right. So you can see, you know, I I lost a huge amount of weight doing this work. And I didn't, I wasn't really, I mean, I was trying to in the beginning, not through this work. I didn't do this work to try and lose weight, but I did. I struggled with my weight for years and years and years. If you look back, you know, I have pictures from, anyway, my physical body was just very, very, very different. Even my face now is, is totally changed from where, from where it was. And that happened because all of the defenses that I was carrying, and I had them all, (laughs) Um, you know, I was insecure and I hated myself and I had, I had guilt. Oh my God, I carried guilt. Guilt adds weight, people. It does. When you take responsibility for other people's shit, which you cannot do, I mean, you can try to, like, you can hold on to it, but that's not your role, right? It's neither your job nor your right to take responsibility for another person's life experience. I'm just going to say that again. It is neither your job nor your right to take responsibility for someone else's life experience. Okay? You may be in a relationship and you may be like, oh, but I love making my partner happy. If you love doing it, that's fine. But you're not making your partner happy. Your partner is going to be happy or they're not going to be happy. That is entirely on him or her. Okay? While you make that your job, that will have a negative effect on your health. You may notice them or you may not. They might be small and negligible or they might be absolutely huge. And this may be really revolutionary for you. Know though, please, that all of these things are connected. Okay, the way you run your energy. If that doesn't mean anything to you, just think of it as um, thoughts and intention. Okay, it's the same. Well, intention is, um, but you can think of it that way. Okay, your emotions, um, the 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 leaving. Yes, you're leaving energetically, but if that doesn't quite resonate with you, just think of it as going into your head. You're leaving your body, right? Because your body is where you feel things. So if you feel overwhelmed and you're someone who's inclined toward the leaving pattern, then boom, here you are in your you know leaving your body because then you don't have to feel whatever is uncomfortable and whatever's going on, right? 
So these are all ways in which we um, we protect ourselves or we think that we need to protect ourselves. And then it affects our physical body. It affects our health. It affects our mental health. It affects our emotional health. Um, all of these things are, um, are impacted by these underlying um, patterns. That's why I focus here because this is the crux of every problem that you have, period. That is not an exaggeration. That is a fact. I have done this for... 15 years, I've seen it work thousands of times and I've never seen it not work. So this is, um, it's, it's really incredibly powerful and, and transformative work. Okay. So we're still in the physical body for the leaving pattern. So the body can tend to be, the body of a person with, a, with this particular structure can tend to feel more like a collection of parts than an integrated whole. It appears to be tense and jumpy and there's tension in the joints because energy builds up at these areas of transition rather than flowing freely through them. The holding pattern in the body is one of holding everything together, a manifestation of the energetic effort required to hold the unintegrated self together. So everything in your system is telling you to fracture and leave and you're having a hard time holding it together. If you say that a lot, watch your language. Chances are this is probably your character structure. I just got to hold it together. Just got to hold it together. Notice your words. The words we use without thinking tend to really point to what's happening in our systems underneath the surface. The lack of integration of the self is also reflected in the way the body moves. Instead of the grace displayed by a body moving from its center as a unified whole, the movement of someone who does this pattern will tend to have an uncoordinated jerky quality, as if the various body parts are not fully connected together. Often they'll be clumsy or klutzy. Movements and speech are often quick. Overall, the person tends to be hyperactive and ungrounded. Also, there is likely to be a twist in the spine, as if the person is twisting away from life, not wanting to face it directly. Um, in my education, oh, here he goes. Yep. This is the physiological manifestation of the disconnection between the head and the body, as if the head does not quite recognize the body as part of itself. The eyes may look scared, even in repose, and may be open extra wide as if startled. You know those people who have sort of like really round um, eyes and they're always like a little bit startled or look like a deer in headlights or a little bit scared? That's where you find this character structure. When a shock has caused the person to fragment, and remember a shock can be something very small, the eyes may be fixed and vacant, betraying the fact that no one is home at the moment. The voice, the voice may be unusually high-pitched and with a thin or young-sounding quality. And they may tend to um, neglect their bodies. So, um, again, they'll tend to be sort of tall and willowy because the movement is going up, right? And so the, the cells form along the structure, of, along what the energy does, right? Which, again, is why when you change the energy, your physical body changes, okay? So the main issue here we talked earlier is fear, right? Fear is a little bit, it's not quite being fair. It's actually this existential terror, okay? If you can imagine, if this doesn't, isn't resonating with you or you don't think you're quite this, this character structure, imagine going through life being petrified and 100% certain that the world is not safe, okay? That gives you an idea of just one moment in, you know, through the eyes of the, the leaving character. Um, and so the, the fear is that it's not safe for them to physical, physically exist, okay? Since they felt attacked while coming into the physical world, they doubt that they have the right to exist here. 
Take a moment with that. Is there any part of you that feels it does not have the right to be here in the world? That may not have the right to exist? The fragmenting of the self is an ever-present threat. At a minimum, the experience of fragmenting is disturbing and disorganizing. At worst, it is terrifying. This vulnerability accounts for much of the fear these people feel and for their avoidance of potentially overwhelming situations. Frequently, they see themselves as a leaf blown in the wind. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Rachel, hi, Rachel, on Facebook Live just said, this sounds a lot like a lot of folks who have borderline personality disorders. That's actually interesting. I've never really studied the traditional mental health against uh, things like this. Um, But I do know um, that this work will adjust uh, that kind of mental health issue um, because that is built on um, the underlying beliefs, and again, beliefs is, is deeper than the word beliefs, but um, knowings or assumptions about the self or the world that are carried within every single human. Um, and so I think when you look at it from a psychological perspective, um, you can sort of group them in, you know, group people into, okay, they have this disorder, they have that, that disorder. Um, and this is just a kind of a different way of, of, uh, of grouping them. Um, but what I really like about this work is that it's, it's beneath. It's, um, it's the reason that you have borderline personality or anxiety or depression. It's, um, it's sort of on the level of, of being. It's deeper than the physical. And so you can solve things, which if you only work on the physical, you can't solve. Um, that's a great way of putting it. Um, because I know, you know, that's, that's a, can be a crazy statement to people. And you can be like, what do you mean you can solve things that we've all decided you can't solve? Absolutely. Problem is you're working within a certain template (laughs) and within that template, you're exactly right. However, when you go underneath and you access that deeper level, I mean, I used to have terrible depression, like terrible. Um, I don't know if you could say that I, I, I suppose I had a low level of anxiety. I never called it that, but I was constantly worried, constantly worried profoundly insecure, um, you know, uh, did not feel like I had the right to exist. That's certainly true. I mean, I had, I had a solid amount of leaving pattern in me. Um, and now I, I, you know, I just, I sit right in my body so much so that I can even notice, you know, I, I called myself out earlier in the episode and I said, oh, hey, do you notice that I'm doing this, um, this schizoid character structure, the leaving pattern? Um, and it's because I can notice it now because I don't usually do it. Used to be, that's just how life was you know? And now it's like, oh no, no, I'm here. Yeah, I'm definitely here. <laughs> I think I'm here more than a, a lot of humans. That's what I, what I help people do is really like stand uh, undefendedly in their power in the here and now. Um, and when that's the place that you live life from, life is, is, is very different for you. Um, that's a great, uh, great observation. Thank you for that. Um, so here are some of the beliefs that uh, that these people hold. So the belief of the leaving patterned people, and by the way, even if this doesn't feel like your main one, you probably do it a little bit. We all do these things a little bit. Um, uh, pretty much everybody has all five, but you'll have one or two that you're, um, that are really main for you. This was never my main, um, character structure. 
Um, but it was one that, you know, when I, when I looked for it, I found it, you know. So, so here are the beliefs that uh, of leaving patterned people reflect their fear, excuse me, the beliefs of leaving patterned people reflect their fears that the physical world is unsafe and unloving. Some of their typical beliefs are, I am not my body, I am my mind. I don't physically exist. My actions don't matter. No one cares. I'm out there alone. I'm not safe here. The physical world is cold and loveless. The physical body and physical world are not mine and not important. By contrast, their beliefs beliefs about the spirit world are mostly positive. They see it as a place of safety, connection, and loving presence, right? Whereas somebody else who is super, super grounded and afraid to leave the ground would find, you know, something like meditation or an expanded awareness to be um, very threatening and scary. So typically, the biggest fear of people who are caught in this survival pattern is that they will fall apart and go crazy, okay? And so that's really a reflection of the fact that that is their, their response to things, right? They're going to shatter and they're going to go. And so that's, that's the fear, right? Um, and so then there's psychological defenses. Denial is a big uh, psychological defense of the leaving pattern. Denial is the most obvious of their psychological defenses. They that deny the needs of their own body for food, rest, and warm human contact. They may not even notice when their body is tired, hungry, or in danger of injury. They may run themselves ragged and have frequent accidents. Remember, they're not super coordinated because they're not really there in their body. That's actually something that used to be very much true for me. I used to have bruises on my body all the time. I never knew where they came from. And like I rode horses and I played rugby. And so I was just like, oh, that's kind of just how life is. Again, we just assume it's how life is, right? I would run into things. I would stub my toe. I would bang my knee. I would, you know, my elbow would, it's like, it was, and it was just all the time. And now since I've, I've done a lot of this work, I almost never do that. You know, and it wasn't just that. I would get in car accidents or get pulled over, just sort of like chaotic things. That shit just doesn't happen to me anymore. It's really quite crazy. Um, I never, I move quite intentionally. Every once in a while, I'll like bang my foot. But I mean, I probably went for a period of like a couple of years without ever having the experience of, you know, banging myself on something or being caught off guard or something because I was just very, very present in my body. So my movements were all incredibly intentional even when I wasn't focused on them. And so that's a really interesting thing. So that was me coming, you know, through my uh, schizoid wounding, through my leaving pattern. Um, Frequently, they also deny the needs of their heart, including the fact that they need love as a child and that they still need love now. They may begin therapy believing they had a wonderful, happy childhood, but for some reason just don't have or want any close human relationships as an adult. Another psychological defense of the leaving pattern, projection. This means that instead of feeling an upsetting emotion inside themselves, they imagine that someone else is feeling it. Okay? Uh, Another one, withdrawal from others and from the body. So withdrawal from others and withdrawal from the body and mind. Withdrawal, whether from others or from the body, is a way to buffer themselves from the distress building up in the body. 
Each of us needs a way to regulate the amount of distress in our body. But since these people are less protected by strong ego structures and energetic boundaries than others, they need some additional way to protect themselves. Since they can't shut out the noise, they need to get away from it. Makes sense, right? Withdrawal from others usually shows up as avoidance of physical contact and emotional attachment, often justified as independence or spiritual detachment. Oh, I just don't need all those human things. I'm too spiritual for that. That is something we call spiritual bypass. Uh, and it's one of the most popular forms of bullshit in the spiritual community. Oh, I'm too spiritual for that. Oh, I prefer the spiritual way of doing da 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 da. Bullshit. Okay. The spiritual doesn't take you out of life. It helps you, it, it shows you how to experience it consciously. Spirituality is the consciously lived life. That's all it is. There's no mystery there. Okay. There's no place you need to go. There's no way you need to be. It's just awakened. It's being awake and here. That's what spirituality is. Right. And so um, if you're, oh no, I'm too spiritual for that, that's just a way of avoiding something you don't want to do. I don't want to fight. I'm too spiritual. I don't want to get a facelift. I'm too spiritual. I don't want to, you know, get a divorce. I'm too spiritual. It's like these things, you know, you need to face your humanness to be here. You are human at the moment, if you're listening to this podcast, most likely. Um, And so here we are, and it's messy here relationships are messy, humanness is messy, the planet is messy, right? Okay, can you tolerate the mess? If you can't tolerate the mess, then running back to the spirit world is not, is, is, is not the response. That's not spirituality. That's distortion. It's defense. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I like this. I haven't read this part yet, by the way. So that's, I'm always surprised when he's, I'm like enjoying when he's saying what I, um, what I, what I just said. As you can imagine, he says, joining a monastery or going on long silent retreats can provide the perfect cover for the psychological defense. Claims of spiritual detachment can mask real fears of personal attachment. When choosing, oh, I love this. When choosing an inner work practice, it is always important to explore what you're avoiding as well as what you're pursuing. I have known people who were able to meditate alone for years in a monastery cell, opening deeply into states of bliss and boundless love, but then felt terror when they returned to the world and fell in love with a real, live, physical human being. Letting their ego boundaries dissolve was tolerable, but the attachment needs aroused by sex and personal love were terrifying. That's such a great example. I love that so much. Uh, another psychological defense by this pattern, fantasy. Okay, further withdrawal into the mind. Okay, so I want to skip ahead to um, how they recreate their early wounding. As with all survival patterns, leaving patterned people tend to recreate their own early wounding through the very things they do to try to keep themselves safe. Remember in the beginning, we were talking about creating your own reality, right? This tendency is unconscious, of course, but it very effectively maintains the kind of relationships and experiences they had in childhood and therefore perpetuates the survival pattern. One way they create, recreate their childhood wounding is by leaving their own body, which scares it on a cellular level. When they return, that cellular level fear is the first thing they encounter. This reinforces their belief that the physical world isn't safe. So, 
Remember I said the bitch of all of this is that what helps you is you leave because you don't feel safe, but what feels safe is staying, right? Coming into the body, grounding. This is the solution. This is the healing response to the uh, leaving pattern, okay? Another way they recreate their childhood wounding is by breaking the connection with others and leaving at the first hint of an emotional disturbance. There's a relational example of what we just said earlier, right? As soon as things start to feel tough or overwhelmed, I'm out of here. So that can happen if an uncomfortable conversation starts happening at the dinner table and you leave your body. But it can also happen if your you know, wife wants to talk to you about XYZ and you're, you don't want to have that, that conversation. So you're like, I'm out of there. Okay. Um, When they leave, the other person feels abandoned and protests in some way, which creates the very sort of emotional disturbance that they feared. The other person's frustration and anger then seem like proof that the world is hostile and unsafe. This is so important. This is what this whole podcast is about. How do you create create your reality? How do you Uh, create your own distortion? How do you sabotage yourself by creating what you don't want to have happen? That's what we talk about here. That's what this is all about. Loves it. Okay, let's see what else we got here. He really goes into quite a lot of detail. Communication style, their way of complaining about something, their way of asking for help. Beautiful. Uh, here, he says, in, in their way of asking for help, when people who are caught in the leaving pattern do ask for help, they usually believe that the resource or support they need has gone away and they want it back. Typically, it is still present, but they have moved their attention away, which makes them think it has disappeared. You can help them by gently bringing their attention back to their body in the here and now where the resource or support actually exists. As they reconnect with their body, help them look around and find the resource and support that they wanted. Getting yourself out of the leaving pattern. Whenever you realize you've gone into a pattern, your first job is to get yourself out of the pattern and back to being present. At first, this may seem counterintuitive. This is what I've been saying for the last couple of times, right? After all, you went into pattern to buffer yourself from a difficult experience. Why would you want to remove that buffer and have to face the upsetting experience without it? That's what I was saying, right? So the fear makes you want to leave your body, and but that actually is what makes you scared. And so coming back into your body, which is intuitively not what you want to do, is actually the solution. The survival pattern is distorting your perceptions and your experience. The upset may not be nearly as bad as it looks through the filter, through the nearly as bad as it looks through the filter of the pattern, right? So leaving makes it worse. And even if it is, you need to see it clearly to find the best way to respond to it to it. Following a distorted map will not take you where you want to go. Second, as long as you're in pattern, your response will be dictated by the pattern. Essentially, you're panicked and you can't make a reasonable response to the moment through the panic. Third, when you get out of pattern and back to being present, you will once again have access to all the help, resources, and maturity that you have worked so hard to develop to become an adult, right? Once you're back in presence, you will be able to find the best way to respond to this current situation. As soon as you realize you're in a survival pattern, start to figure out which one you're in and how to get out of it. So here are signs that you're in the leaving pattern. One, you've lost connection with your body. Two, 
you are fragmented or, quote, out there. Three, all you can hear in your head is, gotta get away. The solution, you need to come back. Your body did not leave you. Here's a way to get out of the leaving pattern. Shift your attention from the fear in your mind to your bodily sensation and your connection to the earth. So grounding is the solution to the schizoid, okay? You want up and out, out of fear. Grounding is what helps you trust. It's what helps you feel safe. It's what helps you feel connected, okay? It reconnects you to yourself. So here's an exercise that he gives. I'm not familiar with this one. He says, bend your knees and take a deep breath, keeping your eyes open. To reorient yourself, say your name out loud. Say your own name out loud. Notice the frequency of your name. That is your personal frequency. Look for that same frequency in the core of your body. That is where you want to come back to. That is your home in the physical dimension. Gently ask all your fragments to come back. Consciously intend to bring yourself back through the top of your head. Feel your awareness coming into each part of you as you move down your body. Start with your head and face, and then move down through your neck, chest, back, arms, belly, pelvis, thighs, calves, and feet. Look for evidence that the earth likes you and wants to connect with you. Connect down deep into the core of the earth. This is what I have my clients do, is drop a line from your belly, right, maybe an inch or two below your belly button, in the center of your body, and draw that line down. Okay, I like to have um, both fingers, all 10 fingers put into that ball, right? Right in that place in your belly. And then I leave the right hand there and I trace that line down with the left until until it opens, until I can't go any further, then it opens down toward the ground and you can follow that line down past your feet, down into the floor, through the floorboards, through the floorboards, into the, you know, into the building, into the, through the crust of the earth, into the mantle, you know, into the magma of the earth until you're all the way into the center of the earth. And I have um, a video of me teaching how to do that um, that I'd really like to recommend. And you can, uh, you should be able to find it on my Facebook, but if you can't, just send me a note and I'll send it to you. Um, so allow the energy of the earth to flow up into you and fill you just as it flows up the roots of a tree and into the trunk and branches. Let it fill you, nourish you, support you. Feel that your body likes you and wants you here. Feel the core of your own body. Look around for signs that others like you and want you here as well. Okay. So it's really about coming back to pattern. And then he talks about really healing it, um, healing the liver uh, leaving pattern. Um, And really it's a matter of staying in your body. So he talks about uh, sensing the body. He talks about grounding. He talks about developing a felt, felt sense of your physical core. You know what? The gym would be really great for that, right? You're really embodied when you're in the gym. You're really present. Um, reaching out for soothing when you need it. Connect with another human being. Allow them to be there and soothe with you. Developing strong boundaries that will keep you from, um, from feeling attacked all the time, right? From the overwhelm. Um, strong boundaries is about saying no when the answer inside you is no. Not worrying about what the other person's going to think or how they're going to feel. You know, consider, being considerate is one thing, but, you know, dismissing yourself in the pattern, you know, in the interest of keeping them happy is not being considerate. That's being a doormat and you're hurting yourself. Please stop. 
um, developing social skills, returning to the body, recovering from shattering, dissolving the terror, disidentifying from the inner critic, hear that voice in your head and know that it is not real. Okay, strengthen the self. Know that who you are is fantastic. Deciding to live. Uh, Anger work, absolutely. Getting through the anger work. So as you can see that, you know, there's, there are many levels to this kind of work and it's really, um, it's profound. It is fully integrated. It's holistic in the sense of it, it, it impacts every single level of who you are. And it's also totally fixable. This is, this is a wounding. It's a distortion that you've developed. It can be fixed. And when you fix it, oh man, the world feels so much safer. There's so much less worry. There's so much less fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And truly, there's a lot more freedom, a lot more confidence, a lot more feeling safe to be authentic. This is what is possible for you. And this is the work that I teach. So if you are interested in learning more about working with me, please go to dominiedrew.com. Um, as I said, I my 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 marketing, my niche is around single men at the moment. Uh, don't let that dissuade you. I have people who come to me with, uh, you know, not even interested in getting into a relationship. Um, some people come to me for their career. Some people come to me for their happiness level, um, for, you know, for anxiety and things like that. And so if this is resonating with you and you would like help moving through these things, then I really invite you to come and visit me at dominiedrew.com and let me know how I can help you. So thank you so much for joining me. This is The Art of Attraction. My name is Dominique Drew, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Don't forget to download and subscribe. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.